morning, bitches, and welcome to Wellness for Real, the podcast where we talk about all things wellness. I'm your host. My name is Marlena, and if you're new here, welcome. We have so many amazing episodes, so make sure you go back and check those out as well. We talk about everything on this show. I was inspired to start this podcast after uh, finally finding success in my own weight loss and wellness journey uh, by finally shedding all of the toxic diet culture bullshit and just embracing finding what works for me. So we share other people's stories, uh, tips, tricks, all the things, um, and we talk about it all. So buckle up, y'all, because it's about to get real. Morning, bitches, and welcome back to Wellness for Real. It's your girl, Marlena, and I am joined today by two lovely ladies. I have, of course, my co-host, Felicia here. Hi, everybody. And today we have a very special guest. We have Gina, aka, what is your Instagram handle? I'm so bad with Instagram handles. No, it's fine. I'm just as bad. So it's fat, uh, two, the number two, fab, underscore, R-N-Y. Right on. So how are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to share your story. So I'll let you kind of introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, uh, my name is Gina, like we just said, and uh, my handle, fat to fab underscore R and Y, which is uh, kind of code word for ruin Y, which is in the weight loss surgery world, gastric bypass, uh, which I had gastric bypass surgery. It'll be uh, four years this coming July. And, uh, so I've been in maintenance, uh, I want to say probably about three years from that. So it's been, it's been pretty, it's been pretty amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. So what led you to getting gastric bypass? (laughs) What's the story? I mean, how much time we got? (laughs) got Uh, I mean, let, let's, let's just first say, um, my relationship with food uh, has been pretty toxic. I'm going to say since day one, Let, let's just say that my, I come from a mother who is like, I have to lose 10 pounds. So let's just drink water, tab soda and like salad. Let, let's not even eat food. Let's just starve ourselves to lose 10 pounds. So that, that's kind of where I come from, but I'm also Italian. So food is very important to, to my family. So it was very mixed signals as a kid in terms of, uh, should I like food? Should I hate food? How do I, how do I feel about food? And, uh, I think it all kind of just stemmed from not having a a good relationship with it, uh, from the start. So what brought me to weight loss surgery was pretty much a, a, you, you get to a breaking point, right? You're like, I've done everything. I've been on every diet in the world, including Weight Watchers four times over. I was the queen of WW for most of my most of my youth. Uh, that's a whole other podcast, probably how I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> oh, we can talk about that. <laughs> oh, girl, I, oh, I could talk about how I feel about Weight Watchers. And uh, yeah, it, it's pretty that that whole diet culture is, is, a, is a whole other vibe. But uh, I guess after just years of um, failing and years of uh, feeling like nothing was working, I had to take drastic measures to pretty much save my life. And weight loss surgery for me was pretty much a, a do or die. I, the failure was not an, an option for me. And, uh, it wasn't just about food. It was about getting to the, uh, the kind of the crux of everything. Where did it start? Where did that, 
where does it all harbor from the nucleus of everything? So it was more mental work than I, uh, than I anticipated, but it, it was a whole conglomerate of a bunch of shit that brought me there, but, uh, it was pretty much do or die. Really. Yeah, and I, I think, I feel like with weight loss surgery, it's one of those things that people kind of see as like a easy, quick fix, you know? And <laughs> if you've ever, if you know anybody who's had weight loss surgery, or you've ever like explored that option yourself, you know, that is not the case at all. So for anyone who's just really unfamiliar with the process, like, what does that look like? The process is not easy. And, you know, the easy way out, uh, a lot of people don't, it's so funny. I talk about this with some friends here on Insta, uh, that we, people don't hear that from other people a lot. They'll hear it like in passing from like other people, but nobody will tell them to their face. Oh, you took the easy way out, but it is kind of this underlying thing that people really kind of feel that they don't want to make known to somebody, but they'll talk about it on the side. And, um, I, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, but basically it's, it's a process. It depends on where you go for the surgery. It depends on your program. Uh, for me, it was a very difficult process. It wasn't, I shouldn't say difficult. It was, it was streamlined, but it wasn't, um, how do you say it? Uh, it wasn't easy. It's like they had it, it was challenging. They had it set up. So, you know, if I gained weight on the program, I had to go back to step one. It wasn't just like, I'm, I'm in this dietary program, whether I lose weight or not, I'm going to get the surgery, right? It, it, I really had to follow a specific plan for six months. Um, I had to be uh, evaluated by a psychiatrist, by a psychiatrist twice, and then you have to be approved by your insurance and the surgeon that you're having the, uh, that's doing the surgery. So it is not an, uh, it's streamlined, but it is definitely not easy. Let's, let's put it that way. Right. Like you can't just go into a doctor's office and be like, take half my stomach. I mean, there, I'm not, um, let's, let's, let's be real. Okay. Yeah. But there are, there are places that if you just give them some money, they yeah. go and give you the surgery. There are right, some right, surgeons right. out there that'll just take money and say, okay, we did it. And then you off on your own. That whole thing is like, there's a lot of holes in the bariatric uh, process that, you know, in terms of it is not across the board of the same, which I mm -hmm. think is an issue. You know, if you go to a different state, you go to a different, um, you have a different insurance, every requirement is different. And wow. I personally know people that have done nothing to have weight loss surgery, like not lose a pound. Yeah. And then they have no program. So then they have half their stomach taken out and then they're kind of left to the dogs. Yeah. So I don't, and that doesn't set you up for success. So then there you go. Here's someone who just wanted the easy way out, right? They just wanted to get the surgery. They thought it was going to do everything for them. They're on their own. And then they kind of don't know what to do. And in turn, they usually gain weight back or they fail their tool. And that's where you kind of get this whole chitter chatter of, oh, it's the easy way out. Oh, yeah. you know, they gained all their weight back. Oh, see, it doesn't work. That's kind of where it all kind of, kind of stems from. Yeah. Well, so I bet you're pretty thankful <laughs> that you had that more like lengthy process. Um, you're thankful later that, during that it, you're like, you get it over with. <laughs> Bullshit. <Yeah. Exactly>. Like, <laughs> like what the shit? Really? I mean, I was, I, I very, very thankful, but, uh, I mean, at the time you just, it's going by so slow. It's like yeah. six months of, of, of programs and seeing people and getting evaluated and then insurance. And there's a lot to do, but now that you're out of it, it's like, my God, I'm so thankful because it really taught me the, the, the right way to do it. And I learned a lot in that process. And it's, it's, it's all worth it in the end, really. What was the most valuable thing that you learned through that process that you still 
you know, use to this day in your wellness journey? Um, I would say actually learning about actually like food, like real nutrition labels, like you're, you're, no one really teaches you that like the nitty gritty of all of macros and macronutrients. And I think that is really something I, I took, uh, just, just took and ran with. And I still do today now that I, I bodybuild, I lift weights. It's a whole different uh, world for me now, but I still kind of fall back on those, um, those basic, um, that basic training of, of what's, what are you eating? What is in that? And what do those things do to your body? And uh, that's pretty much what I, I take from it all, what I took from it all. The, the, the biggest thing really. That's awesome. And you mentioned weightlifting um, and obviously like your weight loss is amazing. Like what's your total weight loss? A hundred and well, the, the, the highest uh, was 160 pounds. Okay. So uh, I've gained back maybe about 10 or so with weightlifting and, uh, in terms of like muscle mass. So, yeah. but my highest is about 160. That's uh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, which was challenging, right. And difficult. Uh, but I feel like when you go through a huge weight loss and then you get to this point where you start building strength, it's like a whole different ball game. It's a whole different world. Honestly, <laughs> it's a different you, if you would have told me like 10 years ago, you'd be in the gym doing this, I'd be saying, you're fucking nuts. No, you're nuts. <laughs> like, Same. are you cr- me lifting weights? No, I'll, I'll lift a burger. I'll lift a donut. <laughs> I ain't holding up no weights. <laughs> but I, yeah, I never thought that I would actually enjoy working out for me. Now that's another thing is weight, uh, going to the gym has always been this like new year to me. Um, I'm going to go to the gym so I could just look better, or I'm just going to do it just so I can lose weight. And there's a lot of reasons to go to the gym, but you really should be working out for you and for your wellness and how it makes you feel. Um, and that has been a, a different, a different thing for me. I'm just so used to it being just like a, a grueling process. Like, Oh, I have to go to the gym. If I don't go, I'm going to be fat. If I don't go, I'm not going to, you know, A, B, C, and D, but when you start doing it for you, because it makes you feel good, I think that's, that's the key to, to making fitness a part of your life is do something that you really enjoy that you're not making yourself do because you'll hate it. Who wants to get up and do something they hate every day? Nobody. Definitely. And even when you love it, it's still hard to do something. It's true. You do got to fall through it. That's true. But there's some love there though. There has to be. (laughs) Yeah. It just getting there is what can be difficult sometimes. Right. But then once you get there, oh yeah, I actually love this. Um, so for you, like with lifting weights, was it pretty much like right away you were like, I love doing this or did it take some time? Oh, I mean, it was kind of immediate, but not real. Cause I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Okay. I was a cardio, <laughs> I was, car- I was cardio queen. I could run, I could be on an elliptical. I could do anything cardio, jazzercise, you name it. I did it cardio. Uh, so lifting weights was like, I can't do that. I don't want to look like, I don't want to look like the hull. Cause that's, automatic. <laughs> I don't know why we think that the minute we lift away, Oh, I don't want to bulk up. I just want to tone. I don't want to bulk. I just want to tone. I don't want to look like, I don't want to look like that. And you're not going to, like, I think people you're not those people you follow on Instagram, those, you know, those muscular, that is, that's a whole different world that is not going to happen for you unless you, it's, I mean, it, it, is yes. your, it is, it is your whole life and it is years and years of training. And it is something that is not going to happen by lifting a couple of dumbbells a few days a week. So people get scared off by that. And I think I was, cause I was misinformed. I was too. And, uh, I started very slow because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And Instagram and YouTube was, was pretty much my best friend, uh, to, to kind of teach me. And it was beginning of COVID too. So I, 
started dabbling in weights in January of 2020. And so March hit and you couldn't do anything. Uh, my gym was, everything was closed. So um, I, I took the opportunity to learn something new. People were crocheting, people were, I don't know, running, people were, I don't know, scrapbooking. And I said, I might as well lift a couple of weights and see if I like it. And I have the time. And I ended up kind of liking that, uh, that me time too. You know, you take it just for you. No one's bothering you. No one's texting you. They shouldn't be. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and you shouldn't be texting it on your phone either at the gym. Let, let's face it, get out of here. Uh, but I, I just, I enjoyed the whole, um, the whole process of just taking that time out to dedicate for myself and ended up loving it in the process. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, right now you're going through like a huge life change. I know you and your wife just moved to a different state and bought a home and you're going through all these yeah, you're going through these big life changes and I'm going through big life changes right now. And, um, a couple of weeks ago on our podcast, we had a, we talked about how people are always like, Oh, I was doing so great until this happened until I changed my job until I moved until this, this, this. And I see you like giving yourself so much grace, but still like doing your thing. Right. Still like you being have aware, to. right? So I just want to talk about what that's been like for you um, and how you've kind of navigated this, this season of your life. I, I mean, I talked about this probably right before he moved. Um, I, I was very nervous about this, this big change because you are completely 180-ing everything, right? I mean, I, we don't have a house yet. We are staying with family. Um, half of our stuff is in storage. We have no kitchen. I mean, there, we are literally, we feel like we're kind of gypsies here, right? Like we're just yeah. kind of like couch surfing in somebody's house and just, do we even have a house? What's happening? Um, so I, I really um, had to kind of, kind of lay back on the habits I created early, right? That, that, that kind of, um, that solid foundation and all those good habits because shit's always going to hit the fan. Not everything is going to go your way. And that is life. You, if you wait for something to end, oh, I'm just going to wait till like this work thing is over. It's really busy right now. <laughs> something else is going to happen. Yep. You're, oh, I'm just going to wait for this whole thing to die down before I, it, you're, you're going to set yourself up for like just number one disappointment because it's always going to be something. And if you don't know how to navigate through the really tough times and kind of stick to your guns, you're always going to be making excuses always. And I think for me, the biggest learning curve has been give yourself grace, right? You have to, you have to be a bit, um, care for, care for you the way you would care for somebody else. You would tell someone else to take it easy, right? Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, take one day at a time, tell yourself what you would tell somebody else, um, and be as kind to you as you are to others. Um, but keep yourself in check too. That's what I've had to do is okay. I don't have my own, I don't have my own kitchen. I can't meal prep for six days anymore, but what can I do? What are the little things I can do to make things a bit easier for me to make better decisions um, or to uh, make better choices? Um, and if say a day goes by and I didn't make the best choices, which has happened, um, one or two days will not ruin all of your progress. Right. You know, yeah. it's the day after day and week to week that you don't give a shit. Yeah. That's what's really gonna start to set you back. So. For me, it's just been keeping myself in check and doing what I can in the situation that I'm in, which is, it's fucked up. <laughs> it's funny. She can we're relate like, to your yeah, situation. We're like, yeah, we're like literally in this very similar situation. You know, 95% of our life is in a storage unit. 
you know, we have it's some nuts. of our stuff. We're living in my sister-in-law's basement. You know, I feel like the, <laughs> and with part of that, like living in other people's homes, especially after you've been a homeowner, we haven't found a home yet. So we technically don't own a home. Like, you know, we don't have our own home. So it's like, there's all the like obvious stuff, right? Like not being able to have your own space to make your food, right? And that was the first thing I did when I moved into somebody else's deal. house. Yeah, I was like, do you mind if I like organize your cupboards and your refrigerator to make, to make my life easier? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, go for it. Do whatever you got to do. Um, and I brought like, way. I didn't want to be like the weird person before we moved in here and be like, uh, can I like pre uh, see what like gadgets you have in your kitchen. So I like brought my own instant pot and like, you know, my food scale and the things that are important to make it a little bit easier for myself, right? Those tools. And it's like, man, so much planning went into this. And most of it was honestly just me planning for myself. How am I going to get through this and still That's right. stay on my ship? But like you said, you, there are those days where you're just like, like this weekend we ordered Rocky Rococo's pizza, which I don't know. You, oh you guys. my God. I love that so much. I don't think I've ever heard when I was that's, in it's, grade. A, it's, a, it's a Midwest thing. I've heard it is. It. It's yeah. there's um, only one here in Minnesota, but I'm originally from Wisconsin and they're everywhere in Wisconsin, but it's like thick Sicilian style so pizza, good. right? So it's like literally like six inch deep pizza <laughs> covered in sauce and cheese and giant sausage, you know? So it's like giant mm, sausage. You had giant. me a giant sausage. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So, uh, yeah, I had, I had a lot of pizza this weekend and you know, I've been, we've been drinking drinking so much drinking a lot more alcohol than I normally drink and same oh my god living with you know our cousins who are retired we're in this retirement we're kind of like in this we, we're like in a retirement community and no it. nobody works so all they do is drink girl <laughs> these people got liver I, I don't understand they've been, they practice they have years <laughs> of practice and I I, I have never drank on so many work nights in my life I'm like how so am I gonna, funny and you're right. It does. It changes everything. I mean, a lot more alcohol, a lot more food, a lot more of this. And it's you're kind of thrown out of your 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 world and uh, it, and to try and navigate like a, I don't know, a turtle on its back. It's kind of how I feel sometimes like, well, am I ever going to get out of here and get to get to some normalcy? And yeah. uh, it, it's it's crazy. So I feel you. It, it's nuts right now. It yeah. is. You guys both feel like, though, because you've done <laughs> that mental work that you're able to sort of manage through this and not throw everything out the window because I Absolutely. think that's a big part of yeah. it. Like when you talked before that you had to do all this mental work, mm -hmm. it wasn't just the food. It's that mentality of not this all or nothing yeah. mindset. Yeah. Changing Absolutely. the mind, mind, Yeah. It's yeah, mindset think, is the biggest thing. I think that's where people kind of, um, where people do fall in that, uh, I was doing so great until, right. Because then they're like, oh, well, this is really hard. So I'm just going to say, fuck it. And I'm just going to throw everything out the window. I'm yep. going to stop drinking my water. I'm going to stop getting my walks in. I'm going to stop working out. Even if I can only do it two days a week, you know, they're like, well, what's the point then? And it's like, right. no, those are the, those extra things that are for me, just automated in my life now, like drinking my water, right. Or like getting as many workouts as I can in, in a week. And that's for my mental health mostly. Right. So I'm not losing my fucking mind. Um, it, when, when you just like, you're like, all right, well, if I can't do X, Y, Z, I'm just going to forget about everything. That's when you kind of, that's when it becomes a slippery slope, I feel like, but you do really have to yeah. be aware. Right. Oh, completely. And uh, I think we've all been in that mental place of resigning, I call it, where it's like, oh, like, fuck it. Like, you know, yeah. first of the year. Okay, next Monday, you know, next Friday, no, I have yes. nothing. 
that's what I'm going to start. And I think we all have had those, those moments in our life. And uh, once you kind of stop the bullshit and stop bullshitting yourself, I think, and getting real with yourself um, is, is kind of where the magic happens because you're pretty much delaying the inevitable, which is, I mean, honestly, what are you, what's next Monday from today? <laughs> hey, what, right. what is, what are you green lighting just to eat bullshit for the next six days? I mean, what are you, be, be real with yourself. You're really right. doing, it's not going to help you. It's just going right. to harm you in the end. Why? So, and why do that? Yeah, cut, I figure out it. the why I think yeah. is the, the thing people have to sort of dig into. For and sure. nobody wants to do that, right? Like no. when, I, I, when I tell people <laughs> it's about- not the food, something else is happening. Exactly. Yeah. Like who wants to like think back to their child? Who wants to relive bullshit? Nobody. No. no. You think I want to go back to when I was six, get made fun of on the playground, but you, nobody wants to relive it, but you really have to go back and, and think, where did it all start? What did, and you don't want to blame your parents, but then you want to blame your fucking parents yeah, for everything. Totally. <laughs> you know, I can blame my mom all day long and you know, for 80% of it, she'll take, I'll, I'll say she did, but there, you, yeah. you do have to go back and dig and, and get to the real, uh, nitty gritty of the problem. Cause it isn't just as easy as, Oh, I just love food. We all love food, girl. Right, we right. all love food. It's food is supposed to be delicious. Food is supposed to be tasty. We're supposed to enjoy it. And it's not just fuel. And I do hate that when people say, Oh, food is oh fuel. my God. I can't it deal with me. My biggest pet peeve. No, it's not. It is enjoyable and it's culture and it's, it's culture. All Thank of you. Those things. Yeah. I mean, it's, it bothers me. And I, and when I was younger and I believed in tax diet culture and I was kind of in that manipulated uh, situation, I thought, why can't I just think of food as fuel? Why can, why do I have to like it? Why, do, why does it have to taste good? Bitch, it's supposed to. <laughs> a billion dollar industry because the shit tastes good. Thank Let's you. Clear. Yes. And, and I think people assume too, like I, um, you know, my new environment, there's a lot of diet talk and diet culture, <laughs> it, you know, around me and, um, you know, people talk about like, oh yeah, I lost 30 pounds. And I'm like, oh, that's so great. Like, what are you doing? And then he's like, oh, well, I'm eating the same thing every day, you know, but fucking boiled chicken and broccoli. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, that sounds terrible. You know? And the response is usually it is terrible. I hate it. And I'm like, well, I'm like, well, let me tell you, I eat even the, my regular meals, right. My quote unquote regular meals. Like I still really love them. They're really satisfying. They're delicious. They're, you know, I'm like, you have to find things that are going to help you achieve the goals that Stay you have, but you can't just do something that's not sustainable for you. You can't eat something that you hate eating every single day. That's not, how, is it gonna, that, how are you going to live like that for the next 20, 30 years? Cause right. you, it's not that you're, you're going to burn out. You're going to have major burnout. We've all done it, you know? Yep. And I, I think that's when the binging starts and that's yes. where the, you go overboard and then yes. the coming back, it's, and then you're restrictive and yep. then you are, it, it's just this whole, and then you're, of course it affects you mentally. Cause you probably now put on the weight you lost yeah. in a short amount of time. So now you're even more depressed. So you're going to yep. eat. It is just a vicious cycle that it I think uh, it needs to, you need to break it. And once it's broken, you kind of start seeing things for what they are. And yeah. the, those rose colored glasses are kind of taken off in terms of the, the, the diet industry and the, uh, the toxicity of it all. So uh, I, I think it's hard to change people. You're not going to switch anybody's brain around from eating chicken nope. every day, boiled chicken, <laughs> boiled chicken. God, that sounds fucking I disgusting. Know. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> what does your nutrition look like differently from like when you started your journey? And even when you had to like go on a plan before you had your surgery to now, I mean, before surgery, it was, I mean, we're talking food addiction. Uh, I I'm a food uh, addict in recovery. It really was how much can I eat? 
and uh, until I'm sick? How much can I eat until I pass out? And uh, eating in those large quantities was such a normal thing for me that going to have weight loss surgery where you can only eat in the beginning, like an egg, right? Like there, there is just this two to three ounces of food you're eating. So it was a big, it's a culture shock really from, from one thing to the other. But, um, I would get, I would say that not just quantity, I guess it's, um, I'm not really on a diet. I don't like the word diet. I think that also has some negative connotations to it. Um, I, I, I eat for wellness. I eat for what's going to, uh, fuel and I use fuel in a good way, fuel my body for the day. What's going to make me protein, uh, have those kinds protein. of things. What's going to give me energy. What's gonna make me feel good. Um, and I, I think that is where the, the, the difference is. I would eat, uh, back then to kind of fill, fill a void, fill a hole, fill that depression, fill that anxiety. And I eat now. So I feel better, not worse. It, yeah. It's so that, that a has, that difference. has changed. It's a huge difference. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge difference. And I don't, and I do eat some of the things I used to eat. I mean, I'm almost four years out of surgery, so I can have a donut if I wanted to, I could have a spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye's if I so, if I so wanted, but I don't like how it all makes me feel yeah. afterwards all the time. I feel a little bit sluggish or I feel like I'm, you know, it's too much sugar or sometimes carbs an overload of carbs can make me feel, um, not so good. And I just, I, I, I choose not to, it's a choice now. I don't feel like I have to, it, sure. it's now a choice. Yeah, definitely. And I, I can relate to that in the sense, just like, I think about how I used to eat, like when I would go to a fast food restaurant. Right. And I would get like five or six different things. Right. Like, and now it's like, I can go to a fast food restaurant and I just get like one thing that I know is like delicious and satisfying. And like, you know, isn't gonna make me feel like shit. And then just like move on with my day. Like it's <laughs> well, you, well, you also know you can go get it again. I don't know where that mindset was like right. before. This is the like, last was, time I'm gonna have yeah, it. It's, it's like Taco Bell is going away forever. Yeah. I must but that was everything. something I struggled with a lot. Like just with I think when you're like emotionally eating, it's like, well, if I'm gonna go there, I'm not gonna have this again because I'm gonna eat healthy for the rest of the two months. So I might as well just go for it. It's just really yeah. a mental. Thing. It is. And I think I didn't like endings. I think that's been part of my uh, healing process with food and something's ending, right? Um, like with uh, growing up, we would have big parties with my family. And when the party ended, I would be so sad. And that meant the food was in everything was ending. So when I, I didn't like things to come to an end. So I would want to just kind of shove it all in as much as I can, because what if it never happens again? What if I never right. get this experience again? What if I never feel these feelings again? And I think all that was kind of part of the triggering, right? Why I would go to Taco Bell and get 50 tacos <laughs> or give me two Big Macs and, a, you know, give me a yes. 20 piece chicken nugget and an apple pie and an yep. right. extra Oreo, please. Yes. Give me, yes. give me all. <laughs> the Oreo <laughs> thing me. sounds That's real so good right excessive, now. excessive, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> because in some level you're like, what if I, this never happens again? Right. Or the food, or the food funerals before diets, you know, before I oh, go those on are my diet. Favorite. I love it. The food funeral before <laughs> We call, we call that in the weight loss surgery world, food funerals before surgery. People just oh go God. rogue. They go ham. They go off the, <laughs> they go off the wall. Like they go to Chinese buffets. They taking shit home. They just go and they going crazy. And my program at Northwestern was so against food funerals. Like you're going to eat all this food again. You will right. have cake at your child's birthday party. Right. You, you will have chicken and her, my uh, dietitian who talked about all that, that kind of changed my thinking too, like, you're right. 
why do I have to do it all today? In the same day. Right? In the same day. And that started shifting some, some brainwaves around like, oh, I'm really fucked up. Like there, there, there's just, it's really messy in that, in that brain of mine. So we had to, we had to iron is, things I out. Think. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah we're all kind women, of, we all have something and totally. then tied into it's pre-programmed food. from childhood. I mean, oh, think yeah. back to any commercials you watched magazines, your mom was reading you look still. back on still today. It's I mean, crazy. Oh, even now you hear we people fat shaming babies still. It's like, how are babies. we, how are we still telling babies they're too fat? Like, what, the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? I, I don't understand. I was told, you know, I, I find it funny. I was made fun of, I mean, I, I make light of it, but I was very uh, verbally, physically, emotionally abused for my weight from a very young age, all the way through to maybe high school. And, um, like I, I think back to how I felt and I felt like I was the most obese, disgusting, fat person on the face of the planet. I look back at pictures now, you know, 30 years ago and go, I was so far from that so far from that, but they make you believe it. And Mm -hmm. there was no representation of people, even thick or curvy at that point in time in the eighties and nineties. And, uh, it was just skinny, skinny, skinny. And how do you not feel out of place? How does it not make you feel like you are different than everybody else? Everybody else. Yeah. And I think that lack of representation, I think that push to be as thin as you can possibly be was so, and it still is, you know, I didn't have social media back then. There was no, and thank God, thank (laughs) the fuck God. I know. Thank God. I wouldn't be talking to you. I probably, God knows where I'd be. It wouldn't be here talking to everybody. We had social media. So I do feel bad for, you know, uh, the youth today because there's an extra level of having to be a certain bombarded, bombarded. That's a good word. A diet on your social media. You're just going to get bombarded with pictures of people going on a diet and this diet and that diet and just how it works. It's pretty brutal. So it's well, and the the beauty standards I feel like are constantly changing, Changing. right? Which is so fucking stupid when we really think about it. Like, okay, you know, like, yeah, for us in the eighties and nineties, it was like, (laughs) right. That stick thin, even the early two thousands, that was it. Right. If you couldn't wear the low rise jeans, I'm sorry, the Pam Anderson and that whole (laughs) thing. Yeah. Yeah, but now it's like people are injecting fat into their butt their and <laughs> to their hips and like, you it's know, crazy. like having, having hip dips is a like your bone structure is wrong. Like, what the fuck is I wrong know. with people? It doesn't make really it makes weird. me it kind of makes me sad, you know, yeah. because I the youth is re- they're really impressionable. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we remember being 15, 16, looking at yeah. a Delia's catalog going, oh, my God, I, I can never wear that. I can't go shopping and and buy that off the shelf. I'll never, my bone structure, I'll never, never. ever look like that. So where do I fit? Yeah. You know, I have a bigger waist than I have a very squared body and I'll never be snatched ever. <laughs> it is unless I get like four ribs removed, I will never be freaking snatched. <laughs> Please don't do that. And <laughs> not this year. I got a house to pay for. We'll talk about it next year. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, you have to kind of reel it in that you're never going to look like somebody else. Yeah. It's never genetic. Look like it's, a Bratz doll, which it, is what they look like now. The yeah. it's creepy. With the big lips and the small and the you know it's creepy it's, it's kind of yeah it's creepy i just like love ste- to see us separate wives yeah i would love to see us get to a point where it's just like we know and understand and accept that body diversity just exists yes. yep. it, it just is it, <laughs> it just, just is, is. Like, whatever That's your type it. is is what's beautiful for you yes. you know kind of a thing i'm yeah, getting definitely. there i mean i don't know if we'll ever get there i'd love we to won't. get there i, don't yeah, I just don't 
I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, to that extent, I just don't ever, ever see it happening in the world. No, of because there's too much money to, money be to be made on us hating ourselves. Right. Oh, they love it. 100%. They, they love it. It's just think about weird how we decide what the standard is. Yeah, it's, it's true. The Kardashians I mean, that- change the standard. That's yeah, the butts they and the do. boobs and the, I mean, but that's yeah. where it started. It's like whoever the celebrity, like somebody changes that trend at some point every time. And it changes it's pretty, weird. pretty fast these yes. days. I feel like yes. it can change in a day. Like it's yeah. like before you'd have a certain trend. Like remember the grunge trend in the nineties for about 10 years, we were all yeah. wearing the same shit. Totally. And I still I, have and, my Doc Martens. I still I have mean, them. <laughs> now they're popular again. I got it. You know, honest to God, flannels and oversizes. We were wearing that shit for like a decade. These Dude, people I are like, changing it in a day. Let me dig it out. Yes. <laughs> I'm so pissed that eyebrows are back. I can't tell you, <laughs> ladies. I still have a beef with Pam Anderson for shaving those fuckers off in the 90s because <laughs> and making them pencil thing because mine never grew back. Nobody told me they wouldn't grow Man, back so and funny. they'd be so important today. I'm angry. I'm it's angry. Funny. I, I actually used, um, <laughs> uh, what's the serum? To grow my eyebrows back. Oh yeah, for your eyelashes. Did it work? Did it work? Yep. Honest to God, yep. it yeah, worked. It worked. Did. Let that me show you works. some pictures from the early two thousands. Yep, my eyebrows were <laughs> thin, like just a little pencil line. I don't know why that ever was cool. It, it was, was a like, thing. The worst trend ever. Some people are trying to bring it back. I've seen it I recently. Hope, people no, are trying to bring no. it back. Good night. And now I'm just like, I just leave them be. I don't even. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I fill them in. I, I put them on, I say, I'm putting on my brows when I'm going out for the night. I'll put them on. But normally yeah. I just, you know, I let them go. And now that they say fins come back in, I'm like, yes, I don't got to pay no more money for my eyebrow routine. <laughs> I'm like, that's fine. That's fine with me. I'm Because mine are still unfortunately thin from 1996 when I decided to take a shaver to them. But uh, I'm just, that's yeah, so trend. Funny. But again, you just want to fit in. That, yeah. That's the whole health trend. Just, right? health trend. I mean, you yeah. do. true. Okay, so talking about health trends, you talked about you brought up Weight Watchers. <laughs> We're just let's curious your it. history with Weight Watchers <laughs> and how you feel about that. Because let's be clear, we just want to. We've I've done Weight Watchers. Marlena's done Weight Watchers with success, but we both realize it's sort of a tool. It's not a lifestyle. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm just curious what your experience has been with that. Uh, what well, Weight Watchers for me in the beginning was a very positive thing. Um, I had first gone on with their program. I want to say I might've been 21 with a friend of mine. We, we had toyed around with the idea of it. We're like, it was like Thanksgiving. They're like, yeah, I could lose about, you know, 20 or 30 pounds. Let, let, let's go to a meeting together and, and see what it's all about. We joined like the week before Thanksgiving and, uh, we, yeah, right before the holidays, smart, real smart to go on a diet before the holidays. And, uh, we ended up doing pretty well. I lost about 20 ish pounds and uh I kept it off for a little bit and then I got off the program and uh gained it all back plus more as 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 one does because you know it's a diet like anything else it's not it it wasn't for me uh sustainable what they had me on in terms of of points right I think I had what was the the time what what did the program look like yeah I was gonna ask so what did it look like when you're on it because it changes every two years right about about yeah yeah, I think it it was the still the original program so before flex points ever was uh put in so this was the original like Fergie used to do the the commercial back in like the 90s like Duchess Ferg Duchess not Fergie the singer Duchess Fergie like from from England we're going yes yes, I I totally remember that we go way back about, about 30 years, kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, that's kind of, so it was still the regular program. I think uh, 
only pregnant women got extra points. You had to be pregnant to get those extra points. But I think I was at 20, 24 or 26 points a day was all I was given. No and extra I, points. There was no banking. There was no, none of that flex style was even a, a thing. So, and that's how I got off drinking uh, pop. I was a three can a day Pepsi drinker. Oh my and goodness. I remember doing the little calculator. It was a cardboard thing. That the, you slider. Used to, the slider. Yes, <laughs> yep. it was a slider. And uh, it was uh, three points per can. And I said, absolutely not. I am not three, nine <laughs> points of my 26 on pop. You gotta be, no, absolutely not. I'm gonna drink some iced tea. And, that, and that's, that's pretty much how I, I stopped drinking pop when I was 21. So that's been, uh, it's been a well, long that was time. Positive. It was a positive <laughs> thing. So that's one thing that came out of Weight Walkers in a positive way. I stopped drinking uh, uh, pop products, but um so my first couple experiences were very positive, right? Uh, not, not bad in any way. Just I couldn't adhere to the program for sustainability. I was always off of it or on it uh, in, in, in that way. And then I got on it again when I was like, uh, oh God, probably 20, right before, probably my last time I was on it before having surgery. And I had lost about a hundred pounds in five years. It took me a long time. It was a very slow, slow crawl. And then when I got off of it, I gained a hundred pounds plus more in less than a year. It just, and I never could seem to be a lifetime member yeah, on Weight Watchers. Nobody, it was, nobody can. it was, it was never, <laughs> Not unless I, I you want to starve yourself forever. <laughs> there you go. You said it. You said, yeah. and I thought I was the failure. I thought mm -hmm. this is, it must be me. I obviously can't do anything right. Cause I can't stick to this. Like I see these commercials of these people, they're on this for years and they've kept off these 30, 40, 50 pounds and their lifetime. And I just, uh, I, I felt like I was the, I was the failure, but now that I'm on the other side of it, I realized the program is it's real shitty. Yeah. It's, it's real shitty in, in a lot of ways. And I think in some odd in between the lines way, they, they kind of promote kind of not promote, they toxic diet culture kind of happens, uh, yeah. when you're, when you're on the program. And I say that like, I don't know many people who didn't like binge after weigh-in. Right. Like yeah. that was like your, that was your cheat day, right? Yeah. Like you went to go yeah. weigh in, you got your little bookmarked and then they're like, okay, who lost, who didn't, who gets a sticker, who gets a fucking sticker? <laughs> yeah. Who, who, you know, okay. Charms. Let me, let me weigh I still have my charms yeah. on my keychain actually. <laughs> Thank you, Eleanor, for weighing me in. I don't know why I think I'm accountable to you behind the register, Eleanor, oh. on my one pound loss, but okay. <laughs> um, so I, I think um, that whole uh, kind of binging or uh, the whole flex thing too, like banking points, I thought was kind of negative Nelly. Like I'm not going to eat for five days because I got a party on Saturday yeah. and I'm going to eat all my points in a day, which is pretty much binging, binging. and, and, yeah. and really. And then you're neglecting yourself for five days just to go to a party and eat whatever you want. So I think Weight Watchers has some uh, negative things that I'm not quite a fan of anymore now that I think back. Totally. And I think that we can both uh, relate to that. I mean, uh, for me, I think I did so much mental work before I started the program. So when I did start Weight Watchers, it really was just a tool for me. But that being said, I did still find myself falling into these like toxic mindsets. Like, um, and I've talked about this on the podcast before for me, my biggest aha moment was I was like, I just hit lifetime. I thought I was the shit, you know, I was like lost all my weight. I was like, I'm the queen of weight loss. You know, I know everything. Um, and I was working in retail at the time. 
and had a coworker. He was a man and he had, you know, we had talked a lot about dieting and weight loss and things like that. He was someone who had also struggled with it. He struggled with bulimia. Like he had a lot of different disordered issues around food and his body as well. Right. We would talk about these things. And then one day we're working and he's drinking a soda and I look it up on the app and I was like, do you know how many points that soda is? And then I was like, I was like instantly like mortified with myself. I was like, I can't believe I fucking food shamed this man who (laughs) has opened. Yeah, because he's drinking a fucking soda and he's opened up to me about his food and body issues. And I just shamed him. I point shamed him. And he's not even on the fucking program. Like point shamed. Oh God, I can't even. Yeah. And literally that was like such a like shift in my brain. I was like, okay, I'm falling way too deep into this shit. Like I got to figure out how to like transition away from this mindset because it's not not good it's not healthy it's not good for me to be like shaming other people for what they're eating like that's literally why I have food issues because I've been shamed my whole life so yeah um yeah and it's I mean it's it is a diet right like uh it is I mean I know the culture the culture is so toxic it really is oh god the people the culture it's like Honestly, it is. It's like, it's like you're in high school again. And sometimes mm-hmm. high school is even better than being an adult. Really? Cause there's a lot of bitches over the age. I've met more bitches over the age of 50 than I have when I was 16. And I don't know where, wh- how, why, but these ladies got nothing else better to do than getting your bullshit. Right. They got nothing else better to do. Um, but you're right. It is toxic. It's a, um, I don't like what it, what it kind of, um, I don't, I hate the word promote. I'm trying to find out what it kind of encourages, encourages. There you go. I like that (laughs) word. It encourages kind of, like I said, binging disorder in a way. And like you said, it's just the, the culture is just not my, not my scene. So now that I think back, it wasn't me. That was, that was the failure, but it just wasn't the right thing for for me to do. And you do have to find what works for you. So I hate shaming all these programs. If hydroxy cut works for you, great. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God. I remember that. That is so funny. I mean, honestly, if that's what you think, three pills a day, metabolize, that's working for you in a salad. (laughs) You go for it. Then then you go for it, but it's not going to work for everybody. So, uh, like you said, you can't shame. You can't make somebody, no one made me change. Nobody no, was yeah. like, you know, and you got to do what works for you. So all that, once you step away though, is kind of when like the, 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 the kind of curtain gets pulled right. on everything, you know, the man behind the curtain, like the wizard of Oz, you kind of yep. see everything for the reality that it is. And most of it's just a money-making industry a, on your insecurities it's yes, a industry totally and, and you it, even just thinking about like ww and i know they got rid of their ambassador program but like for the longest time they had these people as ambassadors who had no education and how to teach people how to do the Oprah? program how to eat no, I mean, just no, like, like normal people like us on Instagram. Oh, I thought you meant like the celebrity ones, like Oprah. No, but them too. Oh, okay. And they're just getting yeah. paid, right? Yeah, like they're really? just getting paid. They're not true. They're not, whatever. And like Oprah's got like fucking chefs and shit, you know? Right. So like, I mean, um, but no, I'm, I'm talking more so like just the normal people, right? Just like influencers us that, were, that they found yeah, on Instagram. Okay. People who had a social media following that had hella disordered eating and they're they're literally from, yeah and that's exactly what they were doing is they were encouraging other people to do what they were doing like 
binging on weigh-in days and hiding food in your basement until you had the points to eat it and things like that. Or buy like, 400, you know, pea pod, what, like, oh, this is two points. I'm going to go buy three cases of it. Yes, like, I yes. Mean, and just the companies, like- <laughs> yeah, the companies, the, the diet food companies that m- manipulate their macros so that they're lower in Weight Watchers points. So then people spend literally hundreds and thousands of dollars them. on yeah. fucking snacks that taste like shit. Like they're this big. I'm but like- it's one- it's but it's two points. Come on. Come on. It's two points. I mean, they really they really bank on the stupidity of the consumer. Yes. Really. Well, they really do follow. You know, I mean, I think that's the thing. And I think like anything, there's always you can take a few things from something and there's some tools, but it felt very like from someone who's done Weight Watchers and had the experience and coming into social media, as someone who's a little bit older, it was like all or nothing. And then I watched people over the last three years, gain all their weight back, go on Weight Watchers nine times, then go off, try something else, then come back. You know what I mean? And that was hard to watch too. I mean, it's hard to watch people struggle. And all I want to say is stop starting it. Stop doing it. Like this is the 19th time and you're not lost and gain the same three pounds for a year and a half. Just stop. Like, you know what I mean? It's just hard to, hard to um, watch that, but it's been interesting to see people's cycles. And I think not everybody is mentally able to take the program, take what they need from it and walk through those tools, walk away from it and then sort of evolve how they eat. Cause to me, it's a beginning, but it has to evolve, you know, and it does, different. you know, and Marlena, you, you really um, did the mental work on your own and cause Weight Watchers doesn't take that POV, right? The, the mental work really isn't part of the program no. about how you no. feel about food. How does food make you feel? Or like, uh, what does food mean to you? Like yeah. they, they don't really go, go too deep. It's just pretty uh, superficial in terms of like, how many points totally. do you have and what do you want? Right. And I think the promotion of that is what, what kind of hinders the work. And that's why people are on and off those programs so much is they're not really getting to the, the, the like the, the heart yeah. of the problem. They're just thinking it's an easy fix, right? Or yeah. if I just stop eating altogether, I just have yes. a piece of chicken or some water, I'll be fine. Right. I could do think this. It's the food. Yeah. They think, they think they're it's the overweight food. because of the food. And for yeah. some, for 1% or 2% of the people, it is. They don't know about nutrition and they don't have disordered eating and they, they can do a program, lose their weight, maintain it. And that's like 1%. Everybody else have food issues, trauma, all kinds <laughs> yep. of things around food and they're not dealing that's with right. it. That's right. Yeah, that's and right. I, and I and I've been saying that uh, I Day mean, one. since I started Weight Watchers, I was like, I wish they had like a more mental health focused area in even just their app. You know, um, I mean, they have like meditation, but like that's not that's not therapy, you know, it's, um, and it's I therapy. did I did two years of very intensive therapy before I even started dieting, you know, before I even started intentionally trying to lose weight, because that's what it came down to, you know, and I did want to lose weight, but um, therapy really helped me realize that my issues with food, it was everything else. <laughs> it was all the shit that yep. I had buried and I had never dealt with. And food was just a mask for all of it. Right. Um, yep. and that's, that's the thing, like even just looking back and thinking about like workshops, whatever they call them, meetings, whatever the fuck they call them now. <laughs> and man, it's like a room full of grown ass people who just really, have never dealt with their shit and they sit there for an hour and they talk about how they ate too many peanuts (laughs) 
or how you know or how they whatever and i'm like right this is not the fucking problem right like like no y'all all all need therapy listen even just the line people waiting in line to get weighed in that was my thing i'm like this like taking off all their clothes Making sure you took a ship of take your shit no, in the bathroom I would wear before you the get same the outfit. I would what? change into the same outfit every yes. time. Ridiculous. Yes, the way yep. in outfits. When I was trying to get lifetime, um, I literally I would go to the first meeting in the morning. I wouldn't drink any water because literally I would I would drink water and I would go up a pound Retain and a half because that's how our bodies work and that's right. fucking normal, right? That's but science. Like, that's science. That's science. Yeah, that's, that's, that's scientific. Yeah, that's literally how it goes, right? That's how it's supposed to work. Um, but yeah, I, I learned my body so well. I knew what would make me fluctuate, and it was like I literally just wanted that little charm, right? I was like, right. it was a goal I set. I, I hit the goal, but yeah, it was like two pounds. That's what you have to be within, you know, your goal weight, which is wild. Like that's because that's not normal. No. A, usually a normal f- fluctuation of your body is about five to 10 pounds. Right. right? Yes. Isn't that what they say? I mean, that's like proven that's, that's normal. Yeah. I, I can gain 10 pounds in one day. If I weigh myself in the morning and I by have, the end of the day, I'll be 10 pounds heavier. I have chicken noodle soup with sodium in it. It's over. That's it. Like, yes. do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Campbell's will kill me. Like, do you know what I mean? So I, it's just crazy. But I it would was sad it because it would ruin my day. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You would go in there and be like, fuck this bullshit. I've done all this work. I did everything right. I worked out and I'm up. And instead of you walking out of there feeling empowered or encouraged, people walked out of there feeling bad about like themselves. They, like they were, like they were, they were a disappointment. Right. They yes. feel, and it's not healthy. <laughs> it's not because so, that is that whole cycle again, is feeling like you're less than feeling you're not right. good enough. And yeah. I can't do anything right. And all of that is just, it, it's not, it's not healthy. So the no. program could, could definitely be, um, uh, improved right. in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Even just the lack of educating people on the fact that our body weight fluctuates so much. Right. So like people who go to meetings after work, right. You've already been through your day. Your body is right. already retaining what the water and the food that you ate that day and stress or whatever else. And it's like, that's just not accurate. And they don't even no. explain that to their members. They're no. just like, Oh, you gained five pounds this week. You suck. Um, eat less, (laughs) eat less. Yeah. Eat less food, blue dot every day forever. And maybe you'll succeed. And and even like, I just did 75 hard and I just finished up on it. And I did not, you know, my diet, I did sort of a very maintenance version because I wasn't, it's not supposed to be a weight loss thing. And I didn't want to focus on that, but I did take my measurements and I lost body fat. I mean, it went down like three or 4%. You don't see any of that either when you are weighing in. It's just the number. It's not your inches. It's not anything else. So you're not just gauging a number. anything else. And so I, I just think it's too, I think it's a minefield for a lot of people. <laughs> and well, it's true. And then the whole, the whole number thing, people live and die by a three digit number. I was one of those people who was a scale whore. I mean, two, three times a day, I had, I had to see what I was weighing, especially when I was in a program, lightweight watchers, you know, like you weigh the day before at your house. So, you know, that if the next day you're up, you do all these weird rituals, right. When you're, when you're getting on a scale yes. in, in front of people and, uh, or if you, Oh, I have jeans on, well, add a pound and a half. Cause I, you do all these weird oh, things in your, your head shoes? to take off those, <laughs> your shoes. I haven't peed. I haven't pooped. I could be a little constipated. You make oh. all these excuses for, for why. And once you do detach from that number and you do realize there are other things to look at. You know, I think getting a Renfo scale or a digital scale was one of the best investments I ever made. Cause it does tell you 
a lot more facts about yes. your body and what's going on. Some people get those body scans and are they called DEXAs or they're called whatever, whatever they're called at your doctor's office. They're like a hundred, 150 bucks yeah, and they can, expensive. you get put in a pod. It scans your whole body. And some people can afford it to get really told what is going on in their body. I say whatever works for you to get more than a three digit number to help you on your journey. Yes. Um, I, to me, it was so mentally helpful um, to look at the scientific perspective of weight gain, weight loss, maintenance, because there are so many other things that are going on with your body as a female that you need to, to look at. It's not just black and white on a, oh, no. of a number. Oh no, your hormones are, they have a lot I'll, to do with all of it. <laughs> com- completely. So uh, that's very helpful. Uh, it has been on my journey for sure to detach that emotional connection from the scale. Absolutely. And it's a process, right? Like everything else, I I feel like, uh, especially if someone's like at the beginning or they're in that space where we've all been there, where they're just feeling really hopeless and they've tried Mm -hmm. all these things and like nothing is working. Um, what advice would you give to someone in that spot? Because I feel like when you're in that spot, you can see people who have had success and they're they're like, well, it's so easy for you to say all this stuff because you're on the other side of it. Right. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we're all, I think we've all been there and I've been that kind of person who feels like all hope is lost. You you do feel like I'm, I'm, I'm the one that can't do it. I, I, obviously I'm gonna be fat forever. You get to that resigning phase, uh, resigning moment of your, of your life. And my advice to someone else would be to, again, give yourself a little bit of grace, know that you're where you are, not just because of what you have done, but also what has been filtered into your, into your being, right? Like we just talked about diet culture. We talked about the toxic relationships with food. All of that is, is not just blamed on you, you know, it, it, there's so many outside factors. So I would get a little quiet with yourself, give yourself a little bit of grace and figure out what you want to do. Don't just hop on another diet bandwagon. Don't just go and buy a, a weight loss drug at, you know, uh, Walgreens. Don't just get on Richard Simmons, you know, you know, uh, you know, sweat, sweat into the oldies. Just don't, just don't hop on a bandwagon. Just get quiet with yourself and figure out what you want to do. What are your goals and do a little bit of research on what can help you get there in a healthy way for the rest of your life, not a quick fix, not a, not something that's going to be a 10 day detox. Like when you're in the line at jewel and you see, Oh, lose 10 pounds in 10 days. That's bullshit. It's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And we all know why it doesn't work. It's a quick fix. It's just a laxative. You're just going to poop your pants for a week. Right. Pretty pretty much, (laughs) pretty much. Uh, but I think, I think it's really difficult to give that kind of advice because when you're in that, in that, in that, in that mode, in that, uh, in that headspace, it, it's hard to, it's hard to tell someone, oh, it's going to get better. Oh, right. just, just because you can't change how someone's thinking, but I, I would give them the advice of, you know, just give yourself some grace and really just, um, just take it, take it slow. Yeah, nothing, nothing, steps. nothing happens overnight. Nothing. Um, the heal. Oh, you're so healed. I hear that a lot. Oh, your relationship with food is so, I can't wait to get to that place one day you can do it. I'm, I'm four years now into this almost four years. And it's, I'm still, I still struggle. I'm still fighting the battle. I don't think I can ever say that I won. It's a, it's an every day I get up and it's like, I have to kind of look at the the thing that I abused my entire life for three meals a day, two snacks a day. I have to face that, that thing that I blamed for all my problems you know, pizza was easy to blame, right? Oh, if pizza wasn't around, I would never be fat. <laughs> oh, fuck pizza, you know? And 
it's like, Gina, it, it wasn't the pizza. I abused that food. I, I'm the person that did it. So taking responsibility for your actions um, is also something that is not easy to do. We don't want to do it, but no one, no one held your hand and shoved your mouth with food. You did it. So you really have to figure out why and how to fix it. And it just takes time. It's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. And I would say that accountability piece is so huge. And like you said, it's something that you will have to do forever for those of us who struggle with food shit. Like it, yeah, it can get easier and sometimes it feels really easy and sometimes you get in the flow and then sometimes it reminds you like, no, this is, it's always going to be something you got to have to work on. (laughs) There are days that go by that I feel like I'm, this is normal life for me, right? Like I, I forget that I used to live a certain way or be a certain way. And then there are other days uh, that I feel like it's just a battle to make it to nine o'clock when it comes to food and drink. Right. And I, 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 I think it will always be that way for me. I will never not be a, a bariatric patient. I will never not be someone who battles food addiction. I will never not be someone who has had a lifetime of weight issues. And I just have to accept it. That's part of me. It's part of my story. It's part of the narrative. I can change the narrative, but it's part of what makes it's part of me and I can't, I have to accept it and move forward. And it's a battle that I just think will always be there, but positive spin it, right? Like, don't make it seem like, Oh, it's all, I got this battle. I have, no, it's not that. It's just, (laughs) you, you, you really have to just say it's, I have to get up every day and I have to figure it out. And if you got to take it every meal at a time, a snack at a time, a day at a time, whatever works for you to get through it, you got to get through it because don't let the food win. Food is, don't let, don't let that, don't let your, um, your abused, whatever, call it your drug, we'll call it your drug of choice. (laughs) Don't let your drug of choice win. It's like battling any other addiction, really. Yeah, absolutely. This has been so much fun. Uh, we've so been looking forward to talking to you. Um, like I said, we haven't really spoken with anybody who's had weight loss surgery. So it's just amazing to hear your story and, um, like four years in. So like, do, do you know the statistics? Because a lot of people do not find the success that you have found with weight loss surgery. Right. Yeah. I don't know numbers. I don't throw numbers out there or anything like that, but, but I do know, uh, for a fact, based on, uh, just talking to my doctors in my program and people in the program and hearing stories on, on social media and articles that I read that, uh, there is a, the small percentage that has lifetime success in terms of, um, say maybe 10, 15, 20 years out of, you know, having weight loss surgery. Um, the numbers are not large. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, but I, I think they're getting better. I think with, uh, social media and people's platforms talking about the surgery. There's a lot more resources out there for people. Um, there's a lot of, uh, great podcasts and there's great groups and there's just, there's so much more out there. So if your doctor or your program is kind of not the best, there's an option these days. You can call somebody else. You can reach out for help. So I I really hope the numbers do increase in terms of success rates and keeping the weight off for, for longer amounts of time. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard because there's so much negative stuff out there too, to filter through. Uh, but I, I really do hope that the numbers are increasing. I, I can say that cause I don't know statistics, but, uh, there's, there's a lot of people that don't follow through. Yes. That is 
and not just them, it's their program too. I do know that that things do fail, but it is a tool like any other tool and you can fail your tool. You know, there's a lot of people who after a year or two, I see gaining a hundred pounds back and how is that possible? I hear it's totally possible. You can stretch your pouch. You can overeat over like any other thing in this world. You can, it, it can, it can fail. It can fail. So, uh, it takes constant daily, daily work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And a lot of that pre-work too, right? <laughs> it, it, it's a lot of pre-work. It's not just the work during it's, the, it's just it's work, the work, stuff. work. <laughs> no, hey, if everything was easy, they all be doing it. There wouldn't yeah, be, a, there, yeah. wouldn't be an, there wouldn't be an obesity true. issue in this world. We wouldn't have any issues if they're, if they're, if it wasn't hard. Yeah, definitely. Ooh, you have just been so amazing. Thank you so much. Is there oh, anything else you want to tell the people? Uh, tell the people, yeah, uh, the not, people. not the really, listeners. um, the, the listeners, uh, not, I think we covered, uh, so very much. I'm just happy to, um, to talk about weight loss surgery because I do think there's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of, uh, kind of hearsay about it. And totally. I think the more we, t- the more we talk about it, the more awareness, um, can be brought to it in terms. It is a life-saving surgery and, uh, the whole, it's an easy way out. It's this, that, or the other. Sure. There's, there's, there's negative things to everything in this world There's a negative side. Um, but, uh, if you're on the, the, the verge of thinking about it, or you're just unsure, or you're scared, it's normal. It's normal to be scared. You're changing your entire life. So don't let the negative stories you're hearing or the horror stories you're hearing, because that is a very small percentage. It's a very, very small percentage. So don't let that change your mind over changing your life. That's pretty much what I would say. Beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Gina. This oh, so thank fun. you for having me. Really this is good great. to meet you. You too. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. And we'll see you bitches next Monday. Bye.